Rolling Bones Outdoors presents Hunt the World. From Montana to Mexico, Texas to Tajikistan, Alaska to Asia, Colorado to Canada, we hunt the world, and you can too. Do you want to take your hunting skills to the next level? Ever thought about going on that hunting adventure of a lifetime? But didn't know where to start? This podcast will be for you. Our team at Rolling Bones Outdoors is here to help you create memories that will last a lifetime. Are you ready? Let's hunt the world. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of Hunt the World with Rolling Bones Outdoors. Welcome to the Bone Cave. You know, it's funny how you change these every once in a while, bleep. Um, uh, Mr. Leslie. I wouldn't get too adventurous. Otherwise, he's already sporting one shiner, and it is on Brian's <laughs> side. So yeah, you be uh, nice to me, okay, our, Bleep? Our, our, uh, <laughs> Quit censoring everything that I think is funny. Our audio video <laughs> guy. Uh, yeah, and he's got scope ring. He's got a black eye. <laughs> and in 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 the funny part of that is, when he walked in, he told me I got scope bit, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, we had this editor one time who recorded how to avoid scope, scope bite, bite yeah, with chip he, beam, and he did, and then and then I hear you walk in, and he told you, and he's like, "Yeah, do you ever remember filming that one, uh, how to avoid scope bite?" Well, I had and then to, I had he to comes ask in, he goes, "Shoot, one weekend." Oh my gosh! I thought, I thought it was maybe so. If you guys need a refresher, it's, uh, it's time to move on. <laughs> yeah, right. Right? Oh, no, we like this topic. Go to our YouTube, How to Avoid Scope Bite, and uh, learn more. So anyway, I am Brian Maiman, co-founder of Rolling Bones Outdoors, and across the table to me, as from me, as always, the great Brad Dana. And then bleep, scope bite, bleep, um, Brian Leslie to my left. And uh, anyway, so today we're going to talk about how to prepare yourself for a guided hunt. And we get a lot of this. Th- we get three big questions all the time. Okay. Um, number one, what do I tip them? What do I tip them? What do yep. I tip them? Not a question. Number one. Always. Number two, what do I need to bring that's different than on an unguided hunt? Yep. And then number three, we get all the time, um, how... how what do I expect? You know, how involved am I supposed to be? Am I not supposed to be? And I know we have some super strong opinions, and I think we can help you with that today. And uh, from those three touch points or three rocks, if you will, questions that we get asked all the time. So um, let's start with this one. What do you tip them? Brad, what do you tip them? Well, that's a good question, and that's that's not a one-sentence answer because right? it depends. <laughs> This is where the dentist gets to give you his analysis by paralysis. No, I'm teasing. What I tell people is, okay. But there is no one answer. There's no one answer. Okay, so uh, I've gotten this question a lot on sheep type hunts. Um, And my analogy is, okay, you're going to have, your life is in this 26, 28-year-old guy's hands, right, for 10 days. He's orienteering for you. He's, you know, doing all that. I mean, he's helping you stay alive. You're in unfamiliar territory. You guys are, you got that backpack on and you're going all day long, all night long, 10 days. That guy, you're going to, you probably have more value in him because he's working his butt off for 
16 hours a day with you, and you're in it together. It's not like you're checking your brain. Well, the, the other door. thing is, if I can interrupt here for a second, um, not only is he he you have your backpack on, he's making sure your a backpack's adjusted. Yeah, he's paying attention to you if you're getting sore or not. He's paying attention to you if you're not keeping up and you're falling further behind and further behind. Then he's asking how much he can take of yours. Yep. So he has to moderate right. what your ability with that pack is also. Exactly. And and he's got a balancing act to play because you got to remember if you go on a backpack big backpack hunt with an outfitter th- th- what their job isn't to do is kill you right. their job is to keep you alive like you said <laughs> you d- and you have you in- somewhat of an enjoyable hunt you don't want your 28 year old guide to see if he can walk you into the dirt no, and, and, and see how and miserable it can be. We don't be. have any outfitters yeah. that do that. I had so, an outfitter that tried to do that to me right. um, uh, a year ago, but he had a rude way. So, and, and then there's a flip side. There's there's a pig hunt that you spend 500 bucks on, or there's a there's a, a whitetail blind hunt in Nebraska that the outfitter drops four people off in concession First guy goes here, and he dro- starts dropping them off an hour and a half before daylight, and you sit there all day. Well, that guy, th- there's going to be a difference in value. Um, but, uh, you know, rough numbers. I'm- and, and the other thing is with that, you might have a guy that drops you off like that, but one says, hey, did you bring any extra snacks? No, I forgot. Oh, just yeah. let me know I got it. Oh, hey, I brought you an yeah. extra bottle of heat today. Keep yeah. yourself warm. Hey, oh, you know what? I got a tip for you. And he, and he makes sure he checks on you. He's texting you throughout the day. And you might have one just drops you off and goes, didn't you right. shit all? So it's funny. When, in my advice, because we get this question a lot, two words, a lot. I say on a, these big adventure hunts, bring more than you anticipate giving because you may want to give more. So, and I'd use a rough number of uh, uh, somewhere in that 10% number is, uh, you know, on a big expensive hunt, you probably don't have to tip a total of 10%, but you might want to. So anyway, that's, uh, that's how I figure it out and, uh, advise and consent on that what's your advice no i advise i I think the same thing one of the things that uh, um that i I, from from my perspective because i know some of you are going okay just get to the percentage yeah you know what i'm saying and i get it um i would say this if you go to a restaurant and somebody gives you great service you give them uh usually 18 to 22 percent most people do right um I, i i'm a little bit more of a generous tipper it's the way I tithe, if you will. Um, I might not tithe on Sunday at the plate like the church wants me to, but I tithe. What do they recommend at a restaurant? Is uh, it 18 20% or I, is it 15 I, I don't know. 15 to 20 Yeah. Well, they, they, now they have all the suggested right? tips on there with your thing, right? I saw one last night up to 30%. Now, I'm not against giving a 30% tip, but this better be amazing. <laughs> Does that make sense? I better, I better be getting, like, uh, a clean napkin. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Really worked well. So here, here's my thought, okay? If you do a $5,000 hunt, a 10% tip is $500. Right. Right? Okay? So a $5,000 elk hunt um, in Colorado, $5,500 elk hunt, $6,000 elk hunt, you're not, you're not going to be chasing just because of that price. You're not going to be chasing 400-inch bulls. Okay? But if you go in and a guy does you uh, unbelievable yeah. and he treats you well and you kill a great respectable bull and you had an unbelievable tip or, or an unbelievable trip, if you give that guy 750 bucks, I don't think it's out of line, no. 15%. I agree. It, I, you know what? 
I've given some of those guys a thousand, twelve hundred percent. You're a big tipper sometimes. Sometimes you're a really big tipper. I, I am a big tipper because you know what? Um, I like to reward good behavior yep. of people that are willing to work for other people. Now that now that doesn't mean you have to on this call or on this uh, um, uh, podcast. It doesn't mean. And it sometimes doesn't make you, you any give, less. Sometimes you give gear. Rarely do we give gear unless. We know the guy needs it because you yes. do give a lot of gear. I give a lot of gear. Because we show up a lot with a lot of good gear. And some guides don't have it. Now, usually I wouldn't, you know, guides don't like getting a, another buck knife. No. They have no interest in that crap. Um, you know, you went on a sheep hunt and the guys didn't have a good spotting scope. You left. Now, here's your downfall. Some of your tips, you give gear that you need for the rest of the year. I know, and then I come and home and I've, com- <laughs> then I've compromised myself for the year. I'm like, what the heck did and you then, give that away for, and, you dummy? And then, I, and, then, <laughs> and then I call the manufacturer and go, hey, uh, yeah, get me another one. And they go, dude, we're out. And I'm like, uh, ah. Right? No, so anyway, so you know what? You're right. I would say 10% is a good start if you want a percentage dollar amount. I would say 10% is a good start, and I would say, you know, it's up to you after that. But I, I, on a $30,000 hunt, is $3,000 um, uh, too much of a tip? I got to tell you, if you can afford to go on a $30,000 hunt, and they're keeping your ass alive, and they're finding you some crazy animal, and, um, uh, and I... I and it's not that they're keeping your ass alive because right. they're you, no, but you, they're an, in, an integral part of the hunt, um, and they're working hard. I mean, it's a whole, whole, whole different deal to go to Russia, sheep hunting, humping down that mountain you guys referred to as the prick all day long, every day, versus getting dropped off in a blind. That's a great analogy because on that hunt, people they went, um, "What do you tip on this?" and that. Uh, hunt in its entirety was right at thirty thousand bucks, and I tipped, I tipped eighteen percent on that tip to twenty percent with gear and everything. And, and you had somebody in camp who was pretentious, super wealthy, I think you thought. Yep. And, and he basically gave nothing. Yep. And he basically told us, "You guys are ruining it for future hunters." Yeah. Now I don't look at it that way. Um, these guys are in a different country. Dollar goes a long way there. Dollar goes a long. And way. they, re- you know what? They treated Americans phenomenally. It wasn't. It wasn't like this crap that you see on TV on CNN. Russia, the Russia people like us. Everywhere we went, they loved us, and and actually was exactly CNN was all propaganda compared to what we saw and experienced. Um, It was if Chuck Todd was up on that mountain, he needed to tip four hundred twenty (laughs) percent because that guy couldn't climb his way out of a, a depressed knoll in a grassy field. Brad's getting a little political on us today. <laughs> Man. Um, so, anyway, yeah. So, but here's the. I other. haven't watched uh, news for uh, eight days. I saw a news clip, and it's this, you know, this stupid. It's Chuck Todd is he the one that. He's the meet the press dude who's just so flaming liberal. You know what? I'm not. If you guys haven't figured out, I'm pretty conservative. I'm an NRA a lifetime member. So, those are my values. Um, and all this, I don't like. I don't like lying and be made to be belittled because I'm conservative. That kind of crap has to stop. You know, you can't go to a. You can't go to a. You can't go to a speech by the president and come out and not get beat up. And they don't. It seems like people don't care. You got all these old elderly people walking from. Anyway, this is getting away from tipping. So um, here's the other thing that doesn't make sense to me. His name is Charles David Todd, and. Um, 
I yeah. So I'm just looking him up online. I don't I don't really follow much news unless uh, it's of the same values I have. Anybody that's promoting bullshit that you know because I mean well whatever. Chuck Todd and Rachel about. Maddow. You know what? They're going to need to be heavy tippers because there's a lot more work taking care of their pretentious butts. Anyway, um, you know, some guys say, oh, if I shoot a great big animal. Well, did the guy work any harder? Maybe he that, did. That's such a great Maybe point. he did, but a lot of times you're working super, super no. hard. If a guy's working hard, he's working hard for you. It's not about, okay, like my my elk hunt. That was, I was, I was fortunate. We found the big bull right away. If I'd have been on a guided hunt and that would have been the guy, would he have been worth more because I shot a huge bull on the first damn day? And that's a consequence. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like okay. So if there if the, it is, if the guy, if the guy's working hard and and you're having a great hunt, well, it doesn't to me it doesn't much matter if you shot a monster on the first day. If you shot a great representative animal on the first day, you had a couple options and you ch- and you choke you you don't show up in shape you don't shoot enough how many guys show up that are in too good a shape for our western hunts never never how many Even guys if you're in great shape you're not too good a shape. yeah it's like uh, sometimes i'll get i'll be ready for a hunt back in the day and i was like man i'm in great shape i wish i could have been the in mount, a little bit the better. mountain always wins the mountain always wins the mountain always wins. how you're many people once in a while we have great shooters show up but how many people come with not nearly enough rounds through their rifle. Well, they can be a great shooter, but they might not be able to make a great shot because they couldn't get out of the horse, they couldn't get out of the truck, yep. they couldn't get down on the thing. Is that they the guide's they, fault? Is that the guide's fault? No. That the guide's sitting there with a spotting scope going, get on it, get on it, get on it, and they can't find it because yep. they don't have hours behind the glass right. on lur- looking how to f- create a visual spot of yep. some landmark that they can then reference and find yep. the animal? No, none of that. But but see, here's but the, the thing. But In, this is a small piece. That's, yes. that's what we, we started at the back end because your hunt's over at that time what to make the hunt successful on a guided hunt should you do and prepare yourself for well so so but let's go back to the tip real quick so i would say fit 10 to 15 percent is as a quality amount and here's why because some of you that are cheap and tight are going why would i do that okay what do you tip at a restaurant they bring you a burger from the uh kitchen and you give them 15 to 18 percent and now you got a guy that's cooking all your meals with you, packing half your garbage up the mountain, gutting your animal, um, and helping you find that quarry, and you don't want to give him 10 to 15%. Uh, and then you go, well, I can't afford that. Um, then you know what? You need to step down in size and hunt. Um, these guys work, and I'm just being honest, and I know you're, some of you guys are going to go, I'm not listening to this podcast again because Brian's being really poignant, and, and that hurt my feelings. Listen. Yeah, you got so, your fancy shirt on so, sitting over there. Yeah, so do you. Some of you, <laughs> some of you need to have your feelings hurt because sometimes what I found out is when the truth bites you in the butt, it hurts a little bit, but it helps you get better. We got these outfitters and guides. Now, here's the other thing. I've been to hunts that I haven't killed an animal, and I've still tipped 15 to 20%. There's a, there's I've been on hunts where I've killed a big animal, yep. and I give 5%. Well, Why would I do that, Brad? Because the guy's a horse's batute, and he, you, he, he rubbed you wrong for one, for one thing. He didn't work hard. He was unprepared. 
Um, there's a lot. Of, this is such a complex issue. I mean, it really is. But it all needs to be taken in consideration. Yeah. I think that the best answer is how do you tip based on the service when you go to a restaurant is how you should tip. Um, if you tip on if you tip on work ethic and value and and uh, um, somebody being a wonderful person, you should tip the same way in the camp, no matter what your success. Well, we is. essentially line hunts up. Rolling Bones yep. Outfitters, line sense up, but we're, we're not, not taking. We don't take. We're not. We're not out guiding people. It's all seventy percent of yeah. our business right. is booking. Right. So we. we <laughs> it's not like we have a dog in this fight. Just first of all, so we should back up and say that. But like the outfitter, I sometimes I feel because we've seen outfitters. Get no, but I lean. Ro- I lean in rooked. favor. I lean in favor of the outfitter when it comes to tipping. I leave in in favor of the hunter when it comes to service. No, but I'm. But what I'm saying is, is it's not like. We're guiding a hundred no. hunters, nope. and we want, and we're know, begging the industry to pay us. Money. Right? No, so you're right. You're right. We're we're somewhat point. of a benign party in that. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, we're just telling you what we do because we. Oh, and by the way, we pay full price for our vet, vetting hunts. We pay full price. I mean. That's what we do. Minus, minus whatever the booking fee is. Yes, we're not going to pay ourselves back a booking fee if we do it. But when we go to vet a hunt, I mean, I was on hunts this fall. I didn't get a discount to go to any of these outfitters I'd never been to before. Yeah, things are starting to go. They almost want to charge you more. <laughs> what are you laughing at, believe? That wasn't that, uh, that, that, that was a, that was a pot shot that wasn't funny. They usually do charge me more when Brad comes. Brad, yeah, is Brad coming? Oh uh, yeah, he's coming. Okay, uh, triple the fee because we got to get his fat ass up the uh, mountain. So yes, fat ass up the mountain. That's one thing that would make your guided hunt more enjoyable. Get in shape. Get ready. Being able to shoot, get in shape, getting ready. So let's and let's go down that latitude. So 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 let's let's go down that because we've spent a considerable amount of time on tips. Uh, what what to bring and what to prepare? Okay, that's easy. Bring everything you would want to bring is if you were doing it yourself, maybe minus camping equipment. And then when you get into camp, if it's if it's a big if it's a big wilderness adventure, take what you take what you want and all that's on the guide list. And then what I would do and. I've just started doing this last couple of years. What will I need? And would you be willing to take 15 minutes with me before we uh, head out to go through my pack to tell me what I do and don't need? Because here's why. The outfitter might say, bring this list. This is what you're going to need. You get into camp, your guide, especially on wilderness hunts, the guide goes, you don't need that. You won't need that. You won't need that. We'll just do one spotting scope. We're only going yep. here. You don't need that. You don't need that. And, and you'd rather have it. Yep. And leave it at camp. And leave it at camp, then not have it and need it yeah. in camp. Yeah, for instance, Jason brought his saddle last year. Mm-hmm. I was so disappointed that I didn't bring my saddle after I saw the $12 homemade saddle. I was like, good call, Jason. And, Carlo, and, hey, how do you like that saddle? Well, can, you that, imagine, can you imagine how it felt on me? <laughs> well, at least you, at least you weren't on... You know, I think no, it doesn't I, matter. I was I was on a cross between Lucas's. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Lou Ferrigno. I had a twelve and a horse. quarter inch saddle. I had a twelve and a quarter inch saddle. I'm six five, weighs two hundred thirty five. You didn't have a twelve and those are six. Those are sixteen inch saddles. Mine was a twelve and a half. Oh I know my gosh. My ass cheek didn't even fit in it. <laughs> so are you kidding me? And then the first day, oh, we're gonna go about a five and a half hours. Well, let me see, Mister Aaron. Um, we've been riding for nine with two breaks for ten minutes. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, five and a half. Also, oh, Canadian time, right. British Columbia. That was that was with the exchange rate. <laughs> yeah, is that is that with the exchange rate? <laughs> exactly. Your time's like uh, your dollar. It's uh, worthless when they tell you how. Oh long. my gosh! And I saw my buddy Brian. He when when he, I saw those pictures from his hunt, he's riding Brian Martin's old horse with the slicked out. I'm sure he's leather. With a four thousand dollars saddle. Gosh. It's like driving a freaking Mercedes right? Benz. And you and I had a. Damn, you go from oh, 1970 right. or 82. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so anyway, so so what to bring? So I would seriously bring whatever the outfit is. Now, the other thing is, is call here, okay? We love to talk hunting. We want to talk to you. Just give us a shout, uh, one at 605-644-8000, and let us talk to you. Get Ask for Brian. Ask for Brad. Ask for myself. Usually Brian less Martin, is Brad. more on a gear list. It's easy to overpack. I yep. rarely see somebody underpack. Sometimes you Three do. Knives, but... Three knives, I do underpack sometimes. Yeah. Three knives are unnecessary. Well, nine for sure, Russell Schwack. Yeah, three knives are unnecessary. <laughs> two two sharpening apparatuses are unnecessary. Yeah. Um, 11, uh, 11 uh, um, headlamps, unnecessary. Um, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Some of this stuff is just unnecessary. And I'm a minimalist, and y- you probably are the other opposite. I'm not, a, I'm not crazy, though. I'm no, not, you're I'm not, not crazy. Brian you know, but, I bring two, you know, I bring, I bring two you bring headlamps. You need to. I bring two knives usually, and I have a little light pocket knife. So... Um, I bring a, sh- a something to sharpen with, you know. I don't get crazy. Um, I, yeah, I don't. I don't overpack no. clothes. Most people overpack clothes. Well, you know what? Honestly, th- our our XKG packages that we fit for every one of the different hunts that we have are probably the way to go when you get a hold of us because that stuff has helped us underpack for the most part. One you can, pair of yep. pants with preacher pants, yep. and then and then what your um. Your uh, what are those uh, real light ones you like that I really don't? Um, uh, Ridge. I, I don't. I don't not like them, but I don't wear them as often. But if you yeah, go, I got them on if, right now. If you go Ridge to Preacher, two pants, boom. You don't need anything. Well, else. I usually travel in the Ridge and hunt and hunting, the whole time, hunting the Preacher. Yeah, and that's what I do. And people go, well, what about washing? I got three pair of pants for the hunt. Uh, what do you need that for? Um, they're going to be wet. You're going to be in water. Um, yeah. Well, what if they get stinky? Um, you're hunting. Um, you're not chasing women. Does this make sense? You know, you're you're gonna get you're hunting you're the gonna four-legged get ripe. deer, not the two-legged. You're gonna get ripe in the woods. You're not, you know, you're not gonna ozone your. You're not, just not gonna. I mean, and one actually, hour in the Elk Mountains and your old ozone so pants are they're, they're now they're stinky. My tip to you, what to bring on on a western hunt, is less pants and more wipes. <laughs> I would bring Mountain Money, better known as. Um, Dude wipes type thing. Dude wipe things. Yeah. I would bring less pants and more mountain money because me personally, um, feet and butt have to be clean every day. And so I take a I take a mountain money bath. You're a good example of tailoring your packing because you know what it is. You bring more socks than I do. Yep. You bring more socks than most people do, but it works for you. It works for me. And and you could just but I bring figure less that out. pants and less shirts you, than most. Yep. And most people, you know, if you if you bring the uh, merino wool, which it's not my favorite underwear, but you, you you know, if you're an underwear guy, you don't need twelve pair of underwear. No, you don't need any. 
You, you, yeah, you're the old, uh, the uh, old commando horsebreaker, Brian. It, well, I, I'm just telling you from my perspective. If I have, if I have merino, wool, I don't think that was necessary. None of us needed to know that. No, you don't need eight pair. But most guys bring eight pair right. of underwear. Well, who needs right. eight pair of underwear? Don't wear any. Yeah. Just go. Because I, I usually will bring a pair of the merino wool because they just don't. If speak. nothing else, this is an entertaining yeah. podcast. So, but. But you, you bring what you need to hunt with that you would bring on your own hunt if you were not being guided. Now, you're not going to bring your own wall tent, but you might bring your own saddle. Um, figure that, you know, you just got to figure out what you, what you have room for, especially if you're driving, you got a little bit more room. But once you hit that horse, you know, you're going to fill up one pannier. And that's what you're bringing. So here's the other tip for you. When, you, when this is, I know you do this, Brad. I know I do this, and I know you see it on uh, tips. But anybody that's ever hunted western hunts and wilderness hunts, like we have a big hunt we're going on here in uh, eight weeks, um, literally uh, six weeks, eight weeks, um, eight weeks from right now, you and I leave, uh, uh, f- and and we're gonna go. I need to talk about. Remind me to uh, plane tickets. Okay, yeah. Um, so uh, it, and it's a big hunt, right? Mm-hmm. But what I do is I get in my game room, my hunting room, and I lay everything out on the table that I'm going to put in the pack and then in my duffel bag. So I have my pack above it. I have my pack and my duffel bag or my roller bag, whatever I'm taking. And I have those two at the top. And then below that, I like almost line everything out of what I'm taking. Does that make sense? Yep. So then I, and then I get on a bar stool and I take a picture of it. And then I just go down and I cross it off when I look at it from the gear list and then I go, that's it. So my thing is a backpack, a roller bag or duffel bag. Those two, they go in the belly of the plane with my rifle. That's all I'm taking. Three, three things. Three things. Yep. And, then, and then I take a, I take a backpack and a little roller yep. bag on, yep. and I have my optics usually in there. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that's exactly. Right. And then, then for me, that, that would be my tip to you because then you can consolidate and go, okay, let's break this out in departments. Yep. Uh, you know, roller bag or duffel bag, backpack, and then um, rifle. So it's funny. I started last weekend. I'm going through in my house and reorganizing in my house, and I've got totes, and I'm trying to get fine-tuned, organized. I'm, you know, I got now I got totes instead of having mountain house here and freeze dry, you know, and all this, you know, I have all my food and I got it in a tote, and it's sitting in my shelf, and I'm labeling it. And I'm getting rid of stuff too, decluttering. So that's I think that's going to help. But and I'm also getting rid of stuff that I haven't used forever. You know, I'm like, oh, geez, never use this. Wouldn't even know where it's at. Let's get rid of it. But like, like some guys go, oh, I want to bring my wool. I, I, you know, I got a I got a wool system I got from Cabela's 13 years ago. I would never hunt anywhere without that. Um, I get that. But there's new stuff, and it might save you some weight, and it might save you some energy, it might save you some time. Um, our puffies and um, our different layering systems, I was a big wool fan myself, too, northern Wisconsin. This stuff buries it, and it, 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 it's just better. Your it uh, works better. picture that you posted on Instagram of Brian Babe Martin. <laughs> I didn't even that, look at that. that Did I get a good reason? That red, uh, that red wool. I had the exact same thing. It's I so had that funny. too. I, but I, mine I, was green. 
Oh, mine was red. Mine was that exact coat with the oh big, the big floppy collars. That was you know? ugly. And and oh Brian my gosh, Martin, was, anyway, he was ugly. Was it a heavy bugger too? So yeah, he's not here to defend himself. He was supposed to be here for this podcast. Oh he's yeah, not, but so he's you know. Oh yeah, I I should update another post there because uh, that was two days ago. You, you ask who who is this, and yeah. uh, I think and he Nick, Nick Munt goes Nick Munt goes Babe Winkleman. <laughs> Nick Nick's hey, like Babe Winkleman, hey, and I go like, I go, no. dude, you can't call him Babe anything. <laughs> That's so funny, old Brian Martin. Oh Brian Martin for sure. I love this. Brian Martin, 100%. I didn't even look at this. I got it. That's, that's hilarious. Babe Winkleman, nope. <laughs> so anyway, so so here, here's what I would say. I would say bring, you know, get organized and bring, bring what, go on that gear list, call in here, then lay it all out and then look at it and, and really start thinking about what you need and what you don't. When you get into camp, um, ask your guide, can I take 15 minutes? We'll go through my pack. Your guide will be happy to do that if it's a wilderness hunt and or even uh, a horseback hunt in Colorado or Wyoming. They would love to do that because it saves weight on their horse. It saves weight on them. They don't want to over uh, stuff uh, also. So the last thing was, what should I expect on a guided hunt? Th- this is what I would tell you. This this is the piece of advice, and I'd love to hear what you have to say. Uh, well, actually, we're going to, Brad. But I would say go into it like you're getting a new hunting buddy and you're going on a DIY hunt. Don't go into a guided hunt going, okay, I hired a guide so I have a servant and I have a waiter and I have a person to take care of all the shit I don't want to. And so that's why I hired a guide. If you go in it with that attitude, we will get a call from your guide if you book it through us going, hey, Jerry Jones was a really good guy, but he's kind of pretentious, and we would like you to send him to our competitor next time. <laughs> you don't want to be that dude. Does that make sense? And, and so when I do this, I go in with this attitude. I go in with an attitude like, hey, I am going to go in there, and I'm going to get a new hunting partner, and we're going to go explore this area. He's going to have been in there, but I'm going to learn what he knows, and I'm going to give it everything I got because maybe I can teach him a few things too. Not that I'm going to guide the guide, but I'm going to be I'm going to be enthusiastic about being as aggressive at cooking the meals and cutting the uh, wood and doing everything I need to do to help him. When we leave there, I want him to be – uh, a, a really good friend of mine, and go. I want to go hunting with that dude again. Now, if I now I that's the attitude I go in there. Has every camp I've ever been to and every guide I've ever been with worked out that way? It's no. always different. It's always different. Most I would say ninety five percent of the time I leave with a very strong relationship with my guide. The five percent I don't. Those guys are great big. Fools. So anyway. <laughs> so my buddy <laughs> Scotty Palmer, Doctor Scotty Palmer, right? He wanted me to go on my first guide, and he's in a good enough shape. He's he's in really. He can't good, beat the mountain, but he can go par to par with it. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> he keeps himself in really good shape. But I I kind of was like, yeah, I don't know, I don't need to do this guided hunt. Let's just go do it ourselves. And and Scott's advice was brilliant. He's like, Brad, you don't check your brain at the door when you walk through the guide's house. You're hunt you're hunting. This is just an adjunct to what you're used to doing. Take it for what it is. Enjoy it. 
But you don't have to. It's not like you become brain dead all right. It's not like you compromise your hunting skills when you go there. Let me set all my hunting skills off to the side. Guides love hunters. Yeah. Guides love shooters, and guides love glassers. When they sit down next to somebody, I was making a competition to see if I can uh, out out glass them. Glass them. Like like when we were goat hunting, (laughs) I go. I got three billies at the top of the mountain. Bullshit. <laughs> oh well, I think they are. They're white. Oh, white they got things. black horns, and their ears are wiggling. <laughs> and he's like, "No, oh, let me see them." And then he's like, "Son of a bitch! I usually get, I usually get everything found for my guys." So it's yeah, funny because <laughs> mountain goats actually mountain goats you, they are white, but it, they sometimes don't bark at you on the mountain. No, they don't. They're not as easy to think as as, you, as, as one find, would think. Yeah. But those little coos deer that you were spotting. Oh yeah, that was that was, the other that was really was a, that that you have really, white tail here. Well, what what you're not seeing? Yeah, I, I, this mountainside's loaded with deer. And they're like, are you kidding me? You know how many people we bring out here? So yeah, I, I love doing that. So that is something that is very 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 helpful if you can get target acquisition. And that takes reps, but shooting. Hey, to tell you, you know what one of the hardest things I've ever had to spot is what than black tail deer. I wouldn't know because I was. You know, you were covered in. Yes, yeah, so I don't even want to hear that crap. But they were hard to see. Well, brown bear in the rhubarb, are uh, yeah, they're super hard. They to disappear, see. and there's something different than you're used to seeing. Yep, um, dude, I, I had a hard time at first. I'm like, dude, I can't. You know those deer, and then it snowed that one day. We shot that big buck I shot, mm-hmm. um, or big for a. It's it all relative. Yeah. Yeah, they're not 92 right. inch big buck. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like an oxymoron. It's like weird. But anyway, but no, I, I would say what you should expect is that you should go in there, in my opinion, and and hunt just like it'd be a DIY yep. and just work with your guide like a new hunting buddy. Yep. You know, don't try to be a know-it-all. If if you know everything about surgery, you know everything about teeth, you know everything about meat, you know everything about hunting, you know everything about cars, you're just a know-it-all. Right. Isn't that what somebody said to you one time about something? I forget what it is. Not you, no. but other people yeah. that know everything about I know everything. exactly who you're talking yeah, about, exactly. and I know who was there. Right. <laughs> but but I actually thought that was the best explanation of You can be an expert it. at your field that you're an expert in, but if all of a sudden you become an expert in everything. IT bands and this and that and the other thing. Then you're not an expert. Now, you now you're just blabbing. Yeah. So, But, yeah, um, get in good shape. Participate with the guide, target acquisition, because that's a common, and that just takes reps. I mean, but you can go practice in the summer, bring your binoculars, bring your spotting scope, start getting used to looking through it and finding stuff, and then shooting. We have four verticals in the hunt catalog because you're sitting here saying that, and it talks about all of those things you just touched on. There's four verticals in the hunt catalog there's the overview, there's the hunt experience, there's the gear list, and then there's the media. Most people just want to go see the media, the big horns, okay? When we built that in our uh, for our members, we built that with the best outfitters in the world in a room. And we asked them, what would you want from a booking service? And then also, what do you need to book hunts if it was on your website? So what we did was we took a copious amount of notes. And we came up with a strategy. And that's where we came up with the software that we have today. And then it had to be able to be compared to each uh, hunt in our catalog. And I'm not digressing. I just want to explain something because what you just said was really, really of a lot of value. If, 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 if you're listening going, okay, I want to go do this. How can I get the most from a guided hunt? Right. Okay. And 
the hunt experience and the hunt overview are the first two, the hunt overview and the hunt experience, because we want you to ask all those questions that are right. on there. Uh, species, species size, shot opportunity, weapons. What? Wh how do I need to use? Hey, listen, I'm coming with a bow. Well, you're going to need to expect to be able to shoot to 50 to 70 yards consistently because that's what this is going to be. Yeah, there's no 12-yard shots out of a tree stand on this. No, no. So, so right. So being prepared is 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 such a you know is is what should i expect being prepared is the key to having a great hunt and so that's why i would and i, I am pitching us but that's why i'd use a resource like us because we can help you with how to be prepared and what to expect and what to bring and what to tip one of the things that we don't build hunts in the hunt catalog fortunately anymore because we've gotten much, 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 much better people <laughs> to do it. Oh, shit. But shot opportunity was a, a classic one, and we always used to put in there, if you can get into position, get your target acquired, execute a good shot in under a minute, yep. your success rate will go up dramatically. You know, it's funny you say that because most guys, my definition of target acquisition and um, getting in position of a shot would be anywhere from 25 to 55 seconds, okay? And that, to me, is an eternity, right. okay? Um, and, and right now, most guys that we have come out hunting are prepared to do it within 90 to 120 seconds. And some can't and, do it and, in five. And, and tell, me how many, tell me how many animals if they're interrupted in their natural being, stand around for a minute and a half uh, to two minutes waiting to get shot. Right. Zero. Not, and so not a, lot. A, a realistic shot opportunity window is also what you should ask and consider what you needed to get due to, for number three, what should I expect? You should expect to have no more than 30 to 90 seconds to uh, get, get down and get on that uh, – a target and and shoot it and and I would say there's a lot of ways to train for that um, go to the range and um, put a bunch of dimes and dots on a piece of paper and spread them out over seven um, uh, feet or six feet on the range target and have your buddy go I'm gonna have you shoot number three boom you got to go back to number shoot three. I need you to shoot number five, number nine, and number them. Simple stuff. You know, one of the things that we did that was fun is we had one inch dots. And we tried to see who, how many could stay inside that yep, one inch dot. Yep, and we would just we would yards. go across. Yep, and yep. see you'd have six dots, and one of us would win. We would take turns. Boom, boom. It yep. puts a little pressure on you. Okay, you can't you can't throw this shot. Exactly. You know, you got to get, get a, a little nervous. Four, four or five or six to win usually. So I I would I would do that to prepare for the shot. Um, I would get in good physical condition. I would shoot your rifle that you're taking a minimum of 100 rounds. People go, 100 rounds? Uh, you're going on an $8,000 hunt, a $5,000 hunt, a $2,000 hunt, okay? And you don't want to go spend 40 bucks a box times five, 200 bucks on uh, ammo to make sure you know your gun really well. I tell people when they call, I say buy seven boxes of ammo, set two aside, take the other five. There you go. Shoot that 100 rounds. Yep, 100 you bring rounds. your 40 with you. And they're like, seven boxes of ammo? It's like, yeah, we call that a good morning's shooting. Yeah. 
Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Come on, brother. That, Get that gun. This is not this is we, not torture. No, actually, Shoot and go have fun. We call that an upsetting moment when we don't have more than five boxes. <laughs> so, so that's my advice usually bring. Get your seven boxes that shoots good, save two for the hunt, and pour. Get your bipod out, get your shooting sticks, get your pack, all the stuff you're going to hunt with, and just practice wherever you're at. Uh, the other thing is, I, I, I want to tell you real quick, just to go back to the tips. If you're doing a lodge hunt versus a wilderness hunt, or if you're around other people that are helping you on the hunt, um, I, I want to tell you 10 to 15% um, divvied up. Uh, divvied up. Thank yep. you. Yeah. Because, and I it, would doesn't all go, it doesn't all go to the one dude. No. You, so we, we have a camp tip. A lot of times we'll have a packer tip. We have, hey, thanks. Hey, you got that shot for me. You got that extra camera angle. Here's hundred bucks. Yeah. So if I, I mean, go if I go on a trip and it's a, let's say it's a thirty thousand dollar hunt and I'm going to tip ten percent, three thousand bucks. Um, I might take two thousand dollars for the main guy that helped me. You go on expensive hunts, and man. he's well. I, I'm just giving you a number. Okay, let's do ten thousand dollar hunt. I mean, um, uh, um, let's do a five thousand. I don't. That's an I'm easy just number. Using an arbitrary yep. number. Ten thousand dollar hunt. So ten thousand dollar hunt. Ten percent, fifteen percent is uh, fifteen hundred bucks. If the guy, if I have one guy that's with me for all five days every day, he's getting um, a grand. He, he's that's exactly right. He's getting a grand. The other five hundred bucks, yeah. um, I'm going to give the cook one hundred and fifty. I'm going to get the uh, pack guy one hundred and fifty. Yep. You know, I might give a couple of the kids that helped me some yep. more some money, but I'm, I'm giving fifteen hundred yep. bucks. That's exactly right. Yep. And you're right. I'm I'm a generous tipper. Um, I like people that are engaged with people. We live in a f- world of disconnect right now. And if you want to connect with me, I want to connect with you. Right. And, and I'm going to tip. Yeah. So I think those things would help most people. Yeah, hopefully they do. I don't think hey, – uh, were we too scattered on this? I don't think so. Okay, good. I, I, so, because you in, in, in Peoria, you in Illinois, you in Minnesota, you in Iowa, uh, honestly, we want to bring value to you that says, hey, you know what, that makes sense. And, and is everything we say exactly right? No. And you need to do everything yeah, Pretty we much do? I would. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's the damn dentist. Um, of course, uh, I prescribed that. Uh, take it. <laughs> Shut up and take it. Or your, or your sore tooth hey, is welcome. Don't minimize my advice. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, well, that's Brad's perspective. Mine is you can minimize my advice. But really what all, all, all our goal is is to have you get engaged in, in, uh, in, in choosing an adventure, going out there and, and exploring new opportunities. This world we live in is wide open for it. If, if somebody would ever told me as a kid growing up on a little horse farm with mom and dad having a construction company and a little cabinet shop, um, that I would be hunting the world one day and have had the adventure in life I've had, I would have told you. No boundaries. Yeah, no boundaries. That used to be our television show. Yeah. No boundaries. If somebody would have told you when you were living in a trailer as a little kid and you were the oldest of, what, six kids? Yeah. And and your dad was going to dental school and you were drinking, you were having hot dogs and hot dog water soup for the next meal. Yeah. If somebody had told you you'd be going on brown bear hunts, tall sheep hunts, and stone sheep hunts, would, would, would you ever have believed him? No. I didn't, it's funny because I was a little kid. You I dreamt were about in your car in high I school. I dreamt about, right? <laughs> I, I remember when I got an automatic, a 77 International. I'm like, oh man, you can't even push start these things. Yeah. What do, what what do, do we, I do? How do I do this? I, I need to find an auto, a manual. And now you hunt all over the world. I yeah. guess all I'm telling you is if, if you're young and listen to this, life's a great big place out there. Go grab it by the tail, get what you can get. We'd love to help you any way we can, and hopefully this helps in some capacity. Hey, until next time, be safe, stay healthy, and uh, go check us out at rollingbones.com 
and tell your friends about this podcast. Thanks you for like listening. It, yeah, thanks for listening. We appreciate it.